hello. Welcome to Healthy Perspectives, a podcast that takes on current cultural and social issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. Uh, today's question for Jeremiah is, I've seen an increase in conversation about J6 and masks, January 6th. Uh, most of it seems to be around the committee stuff, but I'll, I'll come back to that. Uh, why do these things resurface from a clinical view? Okay, let's let's start with the theory. Uh, relational theory, because uh, look, I, I'm starting from the premise, and you know, if I happen to be wrong about this, well, well, I, I'm just not on this one. I, I I can be wrong about a lot of things, but the human nature is to be relational. We, by design, want shared experience. Why? It's safer. Why? Because it's part of the design. Maybe you could say it's spiritual. You could say life together is better. You could you could come up with all kinds of reasons. And do people have different varying degrees of life together, of that relational experience? Yes. Yeah, some people want deep, meaningful relationships in, you know, in the quantity of, I don't know, two, three. Some want deep, meaningful relationships in 10. Some want shallower relationships by the hundreds. Like there's a lot of different ways of doing this. But relational, that that tendency to connect with other people is a key reason why this stuff comes up over and over. It's also part of the reason why we repeat mistakes, right? I can be super open. I can drop a bomb and be like, uh, yeah, I really suck at this thing. And, and then I can make a joke about it, but isn't that silly? Like everybody sucks at it. So, and I deflect, deflect, deflect. And next thing you know, what we have is I'm not actually addressing any of my issues. So I am bound to repeat them. Why? Because I'm not doing the growth. If I don't do the growth, the change never happens. I can pretend that I'm open and I'm willing to change, but I don't do any of the work. I simply state it with words, but don't change the behaviors. And that's what's going on here. We have a repeated pattern, a behavioral pattern that our politicians don't want to change. Why? Because they think it works for them. So they resurface it. I'll get to the convenient narrative part here in just a moment. Matter of fact, screw it. Let's just skip to it. It's a convenient narrative. This is the facade of politicians having a sense of control. Look, the general population probably cares about uh, very little when it comes to J6 and masks at this point. The narrative is tired. It's old. There is a small but very loud and obnoxious group that are like, oh my gosh, fry him at the stake. And there's a very loud and obnoxious group saying, nothing happened here. Both are being stupid. Let's be real. They're both ridiculous. But it's the facade of control. And it's a convenient narrative. 
So they're going to, they're going to be like, Oh, he's being persecuted again. Like, Oh my gosh, just tack this on to all the other things. He's such an, a devil. No. And no. Right. And yet it's a convenient narrative. Why? Because it does something. It does something to you. It stirs emotion. Demagoguery, which is probably, I don't know, a good chunk of what happens politically. If I can frustrate you enough, if I can, uh, you know, make you angry and say something stupid, well, then <laughs> I've got you. It's it's a facade of control, but what it is is an attempt to influence you into being something that you're not wanting to be or to convince you that you are fully something. Like you, you are not like what, like what Joe Biden says about uh, you're, you're not black. If you don't vote for me, like, it's not like the dumbest line ever. If you think about it, I mean, just think about it. You're going to tell somebody their race based on their vote. Are you joking? Right. But that kind of crap, that is that facade of control. It's their attempt to manipulate convenient narratives. So they do. All right. Another reason. So I went over a little bit of theory, relational. We want to be in it together, but let, let's, let's, let's do this. The influence, right? The facade of control, the influence now, where is the real influence in this? Why does it keep coming up? Where's the influence? People have such a strong need, not want, a need to belong. It's part of that human nature. We need to belong. Now, why is that a big deal? Ask a shark. Okay, that was dumb. Don't go ask a shark. All right, I I didn't mean it. That was just a joke. You don't go talking to sharks in the ocean. It's a bad idea. They might just be hungry and you would not be doing much talking or listening. Just a lot of making of noise, screaming, gurgling. And here's the deal. If you ask a shark, why does it matter if you belong to the group? What fish are the shark going to eat first? The stragglers, the ones outside the herd. Ask a horse, same thing, herd mentality. The human nature is to be in that herd mentality. So if you're on the outside of the herd, which is why this is this is what's so funny. Okay, so I grew up, most of you know this, I grew up in Oregon. I grew up near Portland. And <laughs> funny thing about Portland, Portland had this thing going on in the 90s, uh, a thing called Keep It Weird. Well, at first, it was a way of acknowledging the French. But then it gradually became the French was the place to be because Portland was acknowledging the French. And if it's acknowledging the French, then the French becomes the herd. Think about what's happened in Portland over the last few years. It makes perfect sense if you look at it. It makes sense because the facade of control is, let's highlight the fringe. 
the, the, the theory there, if we're looking at the theory as the foundation, the relational aspect, well, if the fringe is what's getting recognized, well, I better be part of the fringe. And so everybody migrates to the fringe. And then what happens? Riots, terrible, like terrible, like things like I'm not even super proud of being from Portland anymore. Why? Not because I hate the place. It's not the place. It's, it got so distracted by the fringe that everybody ran to the fringe and the fringe became not the fringe. And so they had to push it further into places that were so ridiculously unhealthy and normal. Oh, for crying out loud, don't be normal in Portland. I mean, if you're normal, you're definitely screwed. So you have what you have now is the quiet normal. You have the loud extreme, and then you have the normal fringe. That's what it's become. Go If you haven't been to Portland, Oregon, go take a look. What I said is reality. Go look. I grew up there. It's just, it's, that's what happened there. So that facade of control, that convenient narrative, keep it weird, Portland. That facade of control that we can make people accept fringe things became the reality because the mass flocked to it. But the influence, that all happened because you had to be part of the herd in order to remain safe. Ask a shark. Now you see how it all ties together. So... I'm going to point out, I'm going to distract myself here. One, one quick moment. I'm going to, I'm going to add, you know, one of the, one of the questions that came up is, do you, this, this is a different question, but it's along the same lines. The question was, do you think the January 6th committee engaged in a cover-up? This was not the question for my day today. I was going over process, how this stuff happens. The question I had was, why do these things resurface? And I gave you a clinical explanation. But if I'm looking at a question like, do you think the January 6th committee engaged in a cover-up? Look, here's the thing. When we are looking at this process I just talked about, the important thing is not to look at what they did. It's what they didn't. Okay, let me explain. If if the best uh, the, the best case scenario when we look at January 6th, is to look at what they didn't do. Then here's some questions you might be asking. Were they unbiased in their presentation? Well, the answer to that is obvious, no. Were they fact-oriented in the when the, when the truth created inconvenient narratives? And the answer to that is no. And Another question that might come up would be something like, were they transparent on all of it? Uh, why would you destroy documentation if you're transparent? So the answer to that is also no. It's not about what the January 6th committee did. They did stuff. But the question is, what didn't they do? They didn't maintain transparency. They... Uh, they didn't speak the truth when it was an inconvenient narrative, and uh, they they were not 
or no, they were biased. So they did not maintain an unbiased state. So when you look at that, it points back to what I just talked about, the theory, the influence and the facade of control. Think about it. This isn't difficult. Like, I, I mean, I know it's difficult to see it in real time, but in the big picture, now that we're looking back at it, it's not difficult. So let me ask you this question, folks. Should you wear a mask? What does the actual research suggest? Masks are just not that effective. I'm not telling you that from a mental health perspective. The science is behind. They just don't do that much. Do they do something? In certain circumstances with the right kinds of masks and like there, there can be a time and a place to wear a mask, but generally speaking to, to prevent COVID and the way that we did it with these cloth masks and crap. No, they didn't. Matter of fact, they increased problems in a lot of cases. They were not, let's say best case scenario, they're neutral. That's the best case scenario. In some ways they were harmful. So should you wear a mask? Look, I'm not here to give you medical advice, but from a mental health standpoint, no. Why? Because look at the consequences of it. The consequences of masks was people did not communicate effectively. People stayed away from each other. There was not appropriate, healthy, physical contact, hugs, uh, handshakes. Why? Because we were wearing masks and we were terrified to do it. But at the end of the day, what it does is it it prevents us from being loved appropriately. People died unnecessarily because they couldn't receive love in a hospital. And we know that appropriate healthy physical contact in a hospital setting can actually totally reverse the symptomology in some situations. Not all. Sometimes you're terminal, you're going to die. But it's foolish not to look at reality, which is some people are going to need that. And you have to weigh your risks. Of course, you have to weigh your risks. If you're in high risk categories, you're probably going to take the extra precautions, stuff like that. So to answer these questions, here's the solution. Get to the point faster. That's the solution. So when somebody says, well, January 6th, they're, they're bad. Uh, no, they did a lot of good stuff. Uh, did they have bad intentions? Maybe. Um, matter of fact, many would argue, yes, they had bad intentions. Why? Because of the three things that I pointed out to you. They were not transparent. They were not unbiased. They, there's, there's things about it. That being said, there's good stuff in there too. I know because I watched the whole dang thing. But get to the point faster. Say, hey, look. I'm not going to rehash the January 6th thing. We understand that there were, there were some things that probably shouldn't have happened. We also understand it can't be all one guy who said March peacefully that caused all of it. That's just asinine, right? People don't function like that. Well, it was a secret message. That's just the dumbest thing ever. So we're sending secret messages through the microphone. Like, that's just stupid. If you really, truly believe that, wake the hell up. You are, you are by definition, not woke. You are sleeping. And I'm not talking about the 2023 definition of woke. You, you are sleeping. You got to wake the heck up. 
because the solution is we get to the point faster. When, when somebody says something that just doesn't make scientific sense, state that, sorry, but that just doesn't fit reality. That doesn't fit the science. That doesn't fit with mental health predictors. That doesn't fit. Like just be transparent and very clear and concise. Not aggressive. You don't have to be a jerk. Just be very concise. And if you do that, this stuff is going to dissipate because the demagogues, the politicians are going to go, well, crap, I guess I can't use that anymore. Everybody seems to have their, you know, their, their, their way of thinking on that. And most of them are into that 80 to, you know, 85% in the middle and they're no longer buying our crap. And then they'll move on to the next thing. But until they realize that you and me are not buying that crap, well, then it's a, it's a great way to influence you and to create a facade of control and, you know, and create a convenient narrative that will move you. It's demagoguery. All right. Thank you so much. I hope this was helpful. I know that this is both complicated and simple. Um, I know that that's, you know, that's a, a, a weird thing to say, but I appreciate you listening. Please let me know if you've got any questions. I love to answer your questions and, uh, you know, go into the, 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 podcast stuff and you'll be able to see links to get to me with email or, I mean, there's all kinds of ways. Thanks for joining us and have a good one. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate our audience a lot. So we give you some simple ways to track us down. Please like subscribe and follow all the podcasts on different platforms, but you can also email us at healthy perspectives at protonmail.com, or you can check out our website at healthy dash perspectives.com slash podcast. It's a backward slash. So if you want to go to our landing page, if you go to healthy dash perspectives.com, you'll still find us. You just got to click on the podcast button. Thank you so much. <music>